Thanks to the internet, I now have access to a nearly limitless supply of terrible horror movies. So I'm taking it upon myself to dive into those infinite depths, dredge up whatever cursed objects I might find, and share them. So I hope you'll join me as I sail down the bloodstream. Welcome aboard. Somehow, and for some reason, you have found yourself listening to The Bloodstream. Normally at this point, I would not be starting like this, but since this is the first episode, I thought I'd cover a bit of the basics and just what the hell I'm doing here. As I said in the intro, there is a whole lot of really terrible, cheesy, bad, awful horror movies out there. And as anyone who knows me, they know I love really bad horror movies. I've been running a website where I talk about terrible horror movies from the 80s for the last 8 or 9 years now called Triskaidekaviles. I'll leave a link for that in the show note because I seem completely unable to have a URL for a website that is spelled normally. Anyways, I always wanted to get into something more audio, so one day I was sitting around and it hit me that there's a whole lot of movies I love or at least love to watch because Phoenix knows they're terrible, but I'll, I'll watch them anyways on all kinds of streaming services. And so I hit on the name. Horror movies, watching them online, the bloodstream. So that's the gimmick for the show. Around once a week, I'll sit down, watch something on Amazon Prime or Netflix or whatever other service I have available. Then I'll sit down in front of the microphone, tell you what I thought about it. Was it really terrible? And does that mean it's not worth watching? Because as anyone who's read Triskaidekaviles for a while knows, sometimes those bad movies really are worth watching, either for entertainment or just because you gotta give it up for the heart and charm that they go for it. So I guess the question now is, why streaming? And straight up, it's a gimmick. It's just for a, a silly name and a, an excuse to narrow down the field somewhat. I wish I could say I would do movies that are only streaming, but trying to figure out, has it been released? Is it released? Is it available? I ain't got time for that. And another reason is every time I loaded up Netflix, I'd flick through the available movies and add one, two, five, thirteen movies that had to go to my watch list. And that just kept growing and growing and growing, and I'm not sitting down and watching anything. So this will give me an excuse to poke at that a little bit and watch one and then add four more probably. Which brings me to the first episode. What's going to be the first movie I kick off the bloodstream with? And I think I finally found one. Took me all weekend, and not for lack of choices, because if there was nothing I wanted to do, and then said, well, I'm gonna do a show anyways, that would not be a, a good idea. But I wanted to find something that, that felt right. I wanted something with a, a good name. Honestly, I kind of wanted something with blood in the title. Blood or 13. One of those felt right to me. I wanted something that looked appropriately terrible. Something that probably would have been released straight to video back in the 80s. Originally, I was going to do a series of four movies I had in mind, but I realized there was a slight flaw in the plan. The first of the four movies, not actually available on streaming. Now, there, there were options there. I could have done the second movie and, and the third and fourth, which are available. But I didn't really want to start off a show with number two in a series. That's backwards to me. And it just really didn't make sense to start the show talking about a, a movie that's not streaming when that's the whole gimmick of the show. My other option was talking about one and two on the same show, and that, that still didn't feel right. Don't worry, I'll talk about these four movies at some point down the road, and I probably will then do the first and second movies as a single show. Not right out of the gate. I wanted to start off with a, a single movie, that's streaming, kind of its own thing, all separate, and one movie, in and out, and so that led me to Blood Demon Rising. 
just the name alone spoke to me. And then the, then the trailer looked even better. But I'm not going to talk about that right now. Instead, I'm going to play the trailer for you. And then I'll be back and talk about the movie. And see if it's worth your time. Contacted by one of our churches in the Pacific Northwest. It asked for a Jesuit priest with knowledge of these things to come out and investigate these accounts. Hey, Vicky, check out those decorations. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Father, you're familiar with uh, Matthew 26, verses 14 through 16? Of course, Father. It's about Judas' betrayal of Jesus Christ. They only let two people in at a time. Do you think you could go through with me? Father Samuel. If this is the Grimace's demon, you could be in grave danger. I realize that, Father, but I believe I am God of this. I see you found. heard prior to the trailer, I recorded that before watching Blood Demon Rising. I just finished watching the movie, and wow, what a movie. I had no idea what I was going to be in for when I first started watching this thing. I was just hoping I picked a good movie, something that would be entertaining. And let me tell you, I picked a great movie. I I'm going to be taking a little bit more time to process this after I record this bit but I wanted my very initial reactions right off the bat and this is going to leave you with a question from the reaction you just heard does that mean this is a really good movie or a really bad movie and here's the funny thing I'm still not sure myself okay okay I, I think I got my thoughts all sorted out here if you hear my voice wavering back and forth it's because I'm checking my notes here and there. So, Blood Demon Rising. The story is about a haunted house. Not, you know, a local legend, but uh, an amusement park haunt that, that someone sets up and people start going missing. Which, as an idea, I absolutely love that. I've always wanted to see more movies of that sort. I I've seen a few here and there. I mean, Houses That October Built is one of them, but it always seemed like such a, a great idea. You have this haunted house, an attraction that draws people in around Halloween time, and as you're going along through it, you see people screaming, you hear noise, there's blood everywhere. You don't know what's real or not, so as people go missing, 
you think nothing of it. It's one of those ideas that I really think, I'm really surprised, hasn't been done more with. I've always wished there would be more movies done with that story. So along comes Blood Demon Rising and, oh, not like this, not, not like this. I'm probably going to be all over the place because I'm still trying to figure out how I'm going to be delivering information with this thing. The intro, right out the gate, it throws neon images at you with very kind of familiar music. And my first thought is, wow, this movie is really trying to be Reanimator. Which, okay, I know the music is actually more psycho, but with the colors and images floating through space, this movie was going for Reanimator, not Psycho. But either one of those is aiming too high for this. And at some point, instead of these kind of neon images floating by, eventually you see CGI candlesticks and mugs and stuff, and I'm, it's like, what the heck does this have to do with anything? When I found out what those had to do with anything, this movie went from silly to amazingly silly. I also think they were chanting blood at the time in the background, which, hey, l let me be clear. Aping on Reanimator with the visuals and music, weird CGI, and chanting blood, on the one hand, come off really silly, but on the other hand, I'm like, yeah, I'm down for this. Bring it. Because this is the kind of stuff I live for. And the bad CGI did not stop with the credits. It goes right into a bad CGI castle with bad CGI bats. On top of that, bad CGI sets. Oh yeah, I'm pretty sure a lot of this movie was filmed on a green screen. In fact, the tip of the top of that iceberg, they show one set off in the distance and everything around it is CGI and it looks so obviously pasted in. Only a few seconds into this movie past the credits and I'm like, oh, this is, this is gonna be a trip. Because if they're doing so much with CGI at this point, what are they gonna bring me next? And, and it goes right from there into a group of people in Madame Mask costumes coming into this thing and, and sacrificing a woman and they're chanting is so completely unintelligible. I'm not sure if it's unintelligible because they were doing gibberish, or because they were all behind masks, or if they were speaking another language I didn't happen to recognize, which isn't helped by the masks. In fact, just to give you a taste, we're gonna go to a clip. Did this guy say Grimace? Are they summoning Grimace? If this movie brings in the big purple guy from McDonald's, this is gonna be, uh, oh, uh, no, no. It's it got another demon with horns coming out of his head. And blood pouring from his mouth. Unfortunately, the demon they've summoned tastes their sacrifice, discovers, oh, she's not a virgin. And fun fact, apparently, a room full of satanic cultists, all their blood is pretty much equal to uh, one single virgin because... The demon has a feast of everyone in there except the 
main guy that's not Jack Palance that, and summoned him. The demon drinks all their blood, and he seems okay. So I guess, you know, if you've got a recipe that calls for virgin blood, but you don't got it in your fridge, the good news is you can substitute that with the blood of about two dozen cultists. Fortunately, the movie's off to a solid start. We got a demon, we got blood, we got lots of bodies all over the place, and then the movie goes to a crawl as not Jack Palin slowly walks through the entire set, looks at everything, and I don't think that guy could walk any slower. I do appreciate showing you the geography, but it also shows how cheap the sets look. Which on the one hand works for a haunted house, but on the other hand, <laughs> looks like really cheap sets. Meanwhile, we meet a priest who's getting told about the, the blood demon grimace rising, or whatever. And, uh, he's gonna come check it out, but before Father Samuel can wander into the plot, we divert to actual people coming to visit the haunted house. The plot of the movie finally arrives. The guys and the girls get separated because the demon wants more women to chew on. And, unfortunately, there's more wandering the set, checking out the scary stuff. But at one point, one of the most wonderful things happens. One of the people working with Not Jack Palance complains to him, so he takes a knife and rams it through her head. The knife comes out the other side of the wall, right into the main hallway of the haunted house where some of the, I think it was the girls were walking down. This knife must have been freaking huge. You've got the hilt coming out of the woman's mouth on one side of the wall. The knife blade then goes through her head, through the wall, out the other side of the wall, and there's still a good couple inches sticking out of the wall at that point. This isn't a dagger. This is bordering on a, a Tonto or Wakazashi sword. It sure looked like a dagger when not Jack Palance was holding it, but came out a little bit longer at the end of the day. But this isn't the amazing part. The amazing part is on the girl's side of the wall. Blood is gushing out. Like someone turned on a faucet on the other side. The human body does not contain this much blood in it. The human body in a Japanese movie where someone had been killed doesn't contain this much blood. Well, actually no, the, the Japanese movie death would still top it. But eventually the girls get taken, they, got thrown in, they get thrown into a cell, and have the best line ever. Oh my god, we must be in some kind of jail cell. You think? What was your first clue? The stone walls or the metal bars? But we find out it's your typical plot where the demon wants to impregnate one of them with his uh, tiny worms that not Jack takes from him. And they'll make the girls ready for him to, to receive his seed. You know, the plot. Demon wants to have a human demon child birth thing and possess it. He's basically Apocalypse if you follow X-Men. But there's the moment where not Jack is placing the worms on the woman that Grimace has chosen. And the way he delivers it, I gotta go to another clip for this. What is that? No! Get that away from me! Don't worry. It'll only hurt. A lot. <laughs> As if everything going on so far isn't enough, we bring in this little girl demon. I don't know where she came from. I don't even know if she had demon or just a crazy person. I think by the end of the movie, it's established she's a demon or at least some kind of dark force because of some dialogue that's given. 
she's totally Little Miss wishes she was Chloe Moretz. Which I don't got a problem with. More creepy girls doing creepy, stabby things is okay in my book. So it's kind of a plus. But she does the whole creepy girl thing. And there's someone running around the haunted house that has a dress she wants to. So after we meet Little Miss Wishes, she was Chloe Moretz. She runs off to go make stabby on the girl with the dress she wants. Which, I will say, eventually later in the movie, it comes back around to her and, uh... Hey, this happens. Oh, fuck me. It's that nasty little girl. I got my dress. <laughs> I gotta say, I'm happy for her. She got the dress. She had a goal. She went and did it. Best character arc in the whole damn movie, really. Oh, remember I mentioned the priest earlier in, in this long, rambling, incoherent mess of mine? Yeah, he finally decides to wander back into the movie with about an hour to go. Kind of fell out of the plot for a while, but, you know, Father Samuel, you must stop their demon grimace. But wait 50 minutes or so before you do that because we don't actually need you for most of this movie. But when we do, we'll bring you back. And... Did I mention the demon in this movie has more blood gushing out of his mouth? It's like they filmed him with caro syrup at some point. So he speaks and blood just comes pouring out. On the one hand, it's this really cool visual of this demon with gnarly teeth and huge horns and eyes with blood pouring out of his mouth with every terrifying line. But on the other hand, with the blood coming out, every line instead sounds like blah, 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 blah. So it, 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 it's trying to be terrifying, but comes off sounding so very silly like a murloc is coming after you in World of Warcraft. Which I think sums this movie up very well. This movie is World of Warcraft- no wait, that's not what I meant. It sums this movie up so very well. It's trying so very hard to be terrifyingly scary, but then takes it away by being really low production values and campy and goofy. It can't quite figure out which way it wants to go, and I love them. Both. This movie is so terrible, but so goddamn entertaining. But finally, Father Samuel wanders back into the story, and he meets another priest, and they actually decide to try to explain what's going on in this movie. An hour deep into it. Finally, here's what's going on. So what do you think, Father? According to the fire sign, there is definitely something going on. But until I can get inside, there is no way of telling that it's a true demon rising. Did Father Paul give you the dagger? You know about the dagger? I worked in the Vatican many, many years ago. That is why I came to the conclusion so quickly that something might be happening. What tipped you off that there might be something going on at the Ante House? It started with the disappearance of some very important people in the community. Prominent people? Yes. People that are known to be part of a cult. They have blood rituals and sexual orgies and such. They are an interesting lot, aren't they? There's more. Really? Their basic belief is that a person can live forever with the help of the gods. Basic vampirism. How many people are missing right now? Anyone associated with the cult. Yeah, it seems to all fit. Excuse me? It all seems to fit? No, no it does not. Not a single thing you said leads up to, and it all seems to fit. No! 
And how many times can you ask how many people are involved where the only reply is everyone involved with the cult? That's not an answer. That's like, how many pages are in this book? All of them. You know what? I need another clip. I need to back away from this for a few seconds. So, remember how there are guys in this movie that were dating the girls? Yeah, they're still wandering through this. In fact, that's right. You heard them back when they, they found uh, uh, Little Miss Wishes she was Chloe Moretz with their dress. They eventually get captured themselves and thrown in a cell with one of the girls who's been turned into a vampire. Because, oh yeah, there's vampire women in this movie. Got like two or three, but they're kind of the concubine succubus ladies of the uh, Grimace. And he's been turning one, the girl that he's not impregnating into one of these minions of his, and that's how the guys find her and go to the clip. Hold on, man. I gotta see something here. Yeah, yeah, those are fans. All right, dude, Vicky's a vampire. What? Yeah, man, check this out, fangs. Oh, we gotta cut her head off, man. That has to be the most chill I have ever seen someone say, dude, your girlfriend's a vampire. We're gonna have to kill her. Guy is way too okay with this. I suspect they might have had problems that we don't know about. But the guys eventually escape. They meet up with the uh, uh, father late to the show with Starbucks. Everything comes to a head. The guys butt in on Grimace trying to... Er, uh, butt in on the other girl giving birth to the demon spawn. And this is when the movie breaks me. Father Samuels comes in, starts doing his priest thing with confronting the demon. And Grimace starts using his demon powers to throw things at the priest. Many movies would have done stuff on fishing line or, or wires, flinging it through the stuff, or legitimately would have huffed stuff through the air at the priest, or, you know, in a general direction, you know, to give you the impression of their stuff being thrown at him. But what did Blood Demon Rising do? Blood Demon Rising throws mugs at him. CGI mugs. Angry CGI mugs. This may well be the single greatest moment of cinematic history I have ever watched. Because they're obviously CGI. They spin around and fling off from a, a CGI set. And when you finally see them interacting, they look pasted on the screen and blowing by. Now, they're not quite as bad as the Birds and Birdemic that only had, you know, two positions of animation. But, oh, they're still very close. And on top of that, when Grimace ups his game and goes from CGI mugs to other objects because he throws in a, a picture frame candlesticks but at one point he grabs a book and it makes a flappy book noise and it is so clearly some guy just going into a microphone flip 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 i'm now going to give you the shortest clip so far because you have to hear the noise in fact i'm feeling this noise it is so unbelievably hilarious throw the book at him anyways amidst all the cgi whizzing around the room Father Samuel does manage to use the magic dagger to stab Grimace right in the gut, and he dies. But the movie's not quite over yet, because his demon child has been born, the mom picks up the giant sword that's been floating around the room, she holds it up over her head, and what do you think most movies would do at this point? Most movies would be, oh no, he's my son, he's an innocent born this way, I can raise him right no matter what his father was, but not this movie. Not Blood Demon Rising. Blood Demon Rising goes the unexpected and actually welcome route 
of the woman taking the sword and squashing her own child. That is dark, it is a little bit twisted for a movie, and it's so rarely done, and movies will so often go for the lighter, happier ending, that even on the back of the flying CGI toasters, kind of makes me love this movie even more. So, bad guy's dead, baby's dead, the people that survived kind of gather up and leave the place, and the movie ends with not Jack Palance, and Little Miss wishes she was Chloe Moretz teaming up to be the creepiest daddy-daughter homicidal murder spree starting thing I've ever heard, and our final clip. Is this what you wanted? Oh, yes. I guess this means you'll be living with me now. So, do you like little girls? Do I like little girls? Oh, yes. I love little girls. <laughs> Will I get to go to school? Of course, if that is what you want. You're going to have many friends. Shall we go? Yes. I've been ready for a long time. That is so deliciously creepy. At the same time, so much scenery chewing with it. Look, I'll be honest, this movie is bad. Low production values, the acting is campy, I've talked enough about the CGI, blood everywhere, but god I love this movie. For all the reasons I just went into, that this movie is absolutely terrible, are all the reasons why I find it absolutely amazing. I mean that's the kind of person I am. I wholly recognize that this movie is an utter mess, its plot is... Kinda not all there, although not terrible for some stuff I've seen. You have characters that fall out of the plot for gigantic chunks of things, and made on the cheap in some ways, but it's so damned entertaining to watch. This is the sort of movie I love to find. That's why, after watching it, I knew it was perfect for, for the blood stream. This is the sort of hidden, trashy, campy gem I want to find when I pull up Amazon and Netflix and click on show me your word. I mean, yeah, it's terrible and, and silly, but god, I actually kind of love this. I know I shouldn't, but if you've looked at my website, you know this is exactly the sort of thing I like. I've seen worse, I've seen more entertaining, I've seen better, but this, I can't fault this for trying and just being wildly amusing for all the wrong and some of the even right reasons. So that was Blood Demon Rising. And oh, come on, right in the middle of the credits, what comes up? The, the credits for Grimace's two minions are female vampire servant. But they spell vampire wrong. V-I-M-P-I-R-E. Vampire. And that's not bad enough. They spell servant wrong. Instead of A-N-T, as if they were, Helen thought they said serpent. I'm really not sure what pisses me off more. The fact that they spelled vampire wrong, or that they got the very next word servant wrong too. But that's not bad enough. They got it wrong twice because it's two separate credits! And I try not to do this too often on Trisk, but sometimes there are just these really egregious errors in the credits that just make me want to yell! And Vampire Servants is being done twice is easily the top of my list for that. I almost want to take away points at the end of the movie for that. When you go into terrible movies, you expect to even find more terrible credits. So yeah, that's Blood Demon Rising. 
it's a really terrible movie. I, I can't deny that. But if you're into cheesy, campy things like Winter Beast and anything they show on Mystery Science Theater, this might actually be up your alley, and you could have a lot of fun like I did. I'm not gonna lie. If you click play on this on Amazon, you're in for a really cheesy, bad movie, which is going to be par for the course, but it's actually kind of worth watching just for the entertainment alone. Just be warned. You're walking into a really, really weird movie. And that's the first episode of The Bloodstream. I hope you enjoyed my rambling, incoherent yelling at this movie. I hope you enjoyed the clips. You can send me feedback on what you thought of the show to phoenix at gmail.com. That's phoenix with an F, F-O-E-N-I-X at gmail.com. My main theme song, which you're going to hear as I close out the show, is Baba Yaga by Kevin McLeod, and his website is incompetech.com. I will include the links to that in the show notes, but good to give some audio love to that site because they've provided me with some music on some other stuff. I'm using that under a Creative Commons license. The underlying music in the show is Horror 13 and Dark Mystery, which I got from Audionautics. Again, I'll include the link to that. I believe that's all the information at the moment. I don't have a website yet. I might do that later. I do have a Tumblr, which is at thebloodstream.tumblr.com. That's mostly going to be posting about the show, though. Maybe teases of stuff to come. I'm noodling about a Patreon for the moment, but that's not started yet. Might mention that in the next episode or the third. And so that was the Bloodstream. I am out of here, and keep streaming.
Don't worry. <laughs> It'll only hurt. A lot. <laughs>